Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realise that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Rita Bethal, welcome to Human Stories. Once again, this is your, your second time around, so uh, wowee. Yes, hello there. Thank you, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I was, you're very, very welcome. Um, I was uh, looking back on the previous episodes of Human Stories and uh, I spoke to you on episode 24 and it was in September 2020. Yes, it was. Um, so, uh, yeah, it seems to have flown by. That was sort of pre-epidemic, isn't it? And Not pre. It was like we'd had during. the first lockdown here. Yeah. Uh, so we were, uh, it was like the hope that things were getting back to normal. That was that calm before the second storm hit again. Yeah, and then it didn't. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's what I mean. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, you're a writer, a blogger, and a, a junior school teacher as well, which I think is incredibly brave of anybody to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, mad. Uh, I, I've been called that in the past. <laughs> yeah, I think you probably have to be to do the job, but you, you do a fantastic job, and um, hats off to you. You know, looking after all those all those um, boisterous children with all their inherent problems and so on. Bless them. Um, so that's fantastic. And you're a writer, as you say. You've written um, a book called Marriage Unarranged, which we spoke uh-huh. about last time. We did. But yes. You've you've um, rehashed it a little bit, and you've you're with a different publisher now. Tell me what the difference is, and what the book's about to people who don't know about it. No problem. Well, um, firstly, the big difference is the first time I published, I actually published it independently, so by myself. Hmm. So there was a, a huge amount of work which is involved when you do anything by yourself. Uh, I learned an awful lot of the craft in terms of, um, you know, finding the right editors and looking at formatting the actual physical book, uh, finding covers, um, even down to, you know, all the promotion that you have to do pre-release and after. And again, obviously, looking after everything, uh, it was all down to me. Mm. And uh it was never in my mind to actually sign with anybody or, or I wasn't fishing for a publication deal with anyone because I thought to myself, you know, I'm at this age now. I've done this by myself and I'm happy. But I got a phone call pre-Christmas, uh, literally just the December just gone from somebody who uh, was, she said, I've just recommended your book to uh, somebody who's a publisher. And uh, I got a, an email from them not long afterwards it's a a publishing house called spellbound books and uh, they said that they've read what i've already published and they've already heard that i've got a couple of other books in the same series uh planned they want to sign me for a three book deal and republish what i've already done with very minor tweaks it ended up being in the end and uh publish the next two in the series were you so, worried as a teacher that um, the new publisher might go through your book with a red pen and cross <laughs> things out and put, must try harder at the end, you know, teacher there, style? There is always going to be that worry, isn't there? It's quite <laughs> funny because my head teacher just come to me today and she's given me a document. She said, I've got a report that I need to submit to our directors. Can you please put your, te- your author hat on and do a read-through and edit for me? <laughs> but... Um, yeah, you do worry because obviously I thought I did it all myself. I did have a, pub, a professional editor who 
edited it originally anyway mm. but um yes you just don't know what somebody when they do mm. say a lot of publishers like to make massive changes to things uh, before they want to publish it but it was literally minor tweaks in terms of just a couple of silly spelling errors which had slipped the net when i had done it and just a couple of words that just said mate do you reckon this might be a better word for that particular description and that was it so thankfully i mean i had a good editor last time anyway so mm. she made my life easier so that was good That's i think it. the biggest change on top of that they they even liked the cover so they kept the cover got the permission from the lady who designed my cover and just tweaked it slightly and i've also got um what they like to call a little call to action badge on the front of the cover now on the paperback from one of my favorite authors kind of saying to recommend the recommend buying it wow that's something i've always like wanted to have you know have a quote from somebody on on, on the cover of a book of yours recommending and it because it's my favorite author as well which has just been really special that's fantastic um, that's really good isn't it yeah and then i think the biggest difference at the moment i said i can't i can't look at everything i can't keep track of things because it's not under me anymore so when it comes to the actual launch, which happened a couple of weeks ago, I would have been constantly looking at the figures and, and, and seeing what's happening. I don't have access to any of that. Obviously, I'm at the whim of what they tell me. Hmm. But um, equally, they take responsibility for everything else with regards to the, you know, they reformatted it, uh, having to submit anything to the various houses that do the actual publishing and the pub printing, the printing houses. Uh, equally the actual promotion mm. so it's, it's, it's a load off your minds isn't it really a load off your shoulders yeah. considering i've obviously got so many other things to do yeah so it's a it was a and last time i did i, I did all of that myself and i did it i have you know i'm thankful that i've got a quite a a big blog which i've met many people on and a lot of people volunteered to read review and do all sorts of things and join and may do like a little blog book tour for me last time this time around they had about i don't know 10 10 to 12 people who were doing it maybe even more than that but they were nobody i knew and i was like oh my god this is this a real test because they're not people who know me who might want to be nice about my book just because they know me <laughs> but they're real readers and they're going to give good reviews or they're going to give real reviews honest mm. reviews yeah and uh well whatever i've read so far has been really really pleasant um was it the right lovely. was it the right way around or um to do it yourself first and then have a publisher or it's, would it have been actually, better doing the other way it's it's really rare to be honest for a publisher to want to republish a book that's already been published so yeah. I, I've, I've scored a special goal there just mm. by having somebody approach me and say we want to take this on mm. uh, normally they might say we like that but we, you've already published it so write us another couple and we'll do them fresh. But the fact that they did that was, uh, the, I when I first started to think about actually publishing the book originally, I did approach a couple of agents and things and a couple of hours. And then I said to myself, do you know what, I'm, I'm already in my 40s now, and I don't want the headache of sending out 75 letters to get rejections. I'm going to see what I can do and if I can do it myself. And that's that was it. So it wasn't like a. It's it's always a dream to be published, but yeah. I it wasn't the be all and end all for me at that stage. So when it happened, it was just it was like a little extra. It was like a blessing, really, that somebody's looking down on me and saying, "Here, time for you to shine now." Fantastic, and that was really lovely. It was worth the wait. Um, it was. All right, tell me about the book. I mean, what's the book about? 
So marriage and arranged. Um, I coined the phrase chickpea curry lit as its genre when I when I wrote it because it's chick lit really with a Indian twist. So chickpea curry lit. So it's um, Asian fiction. It's very much based on British Asians and their experiences. Um, well, the the series I should say is based on that and their relationships uh, with family, with friends, with you know romantically as well. And what I did with this one and what ended up becoming a series, which I didn't ever think it would, um, there's a different element, different element of uh, something serious that's discussed within each book. So the first one, Marriage Unarranged, is about a young girl who's due to get married. She's engaged. They're just getting everything ready. And basically, she finds out that her fiancé has been a naughty boy and doing the dirty behind her back. And it's all about how she copes with that, because... It's not so much nowadays, but when my book is set in the year 2000, so even going back that further and obviously a lot further back, if anything happened like that within our culture, you'd find that the girl was always tainted regardless of whether she was the one who had done right or wrong. And the boy got away kind of scot-free and he'd be the one who'd, who'd managed to still get another three other proposals later on, whereas the girl would be left behind as that one who got rejected, even if it wasn't that way. So it was looking at how she developed as a person and took charge of her own life and then found found her own way but on the route uh, while she's doing all of that you've got her two brothers and her best friend who kind of go on a journey with her literally to india they go on a little holiday and it ends up being quite a, a holiday of discovery for all of them together and the next two books oh, go, they go on looking at the story of some of those characters basically but it's uh, yeah, it's it's a feel good story. With a lot, a lot of people have said it's educational as well because they've learned a lot about the culture. Mm, sure. So the, um, the the books two and three are sequels. Yes, they are. They you would be able to read them as standalones as well, but right. they're connected. So you're looking at another pair, another couple right. in the first, in the next book, and then the third couple in the fourth book in the third book. Sorry, that's really clever. To be able it to was do that. never it was never my intention that's the thing and it's like i don't know some people say this and some people don't believe me but when i started writing i had them fighting in my head the characters because they wanted so much to happen and it just became apparent that they weren't finished with whatever i'd done they weren't ready to go and go to sleep and leave me alone they wanted stories told for them it was literally like that so when i had the book the original book beta read by people they all had a thing. I really like that character as well. I'd love to know what would happen here, oh. what was going to happen with that person. And it just, it, it just, it grew. And then I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to start thinking about writing another one. So I would have done that myself and done it independently as I did the first one. Oh. But then I got the call from the publisher and obviously it's a, a different kettle of fish now. Now I have deadlines. <laughs> yeah. How long have you got? Um, the aim is for it'll be another June release next year, and then the following year would be the third one. But um, I have I have written quite a lot of the, the second one already, but like my first draft, and they would like to have my copy by January. Okay. So I've got a you know my summer holidays whenever I have a break will be fitting in lots and lots of words. Yeah. And how do you? Um, sounds like a silly question. How do you write it? But do you write it um, with a 
a pencil or do you type it into software or how how's he actually I, I would love to say I write it by pencil and I'm one of those really whimsical authors but I couldn't read my own writing when I was trying to read it back <laughs> I'm not one of those teachers that has this perfect cursive handwriting either so my handwriting is quite atrocious mm, um mine too so I go, I'll start <laughs> off really well and then about three lines in it starts to lap you know slack and that's it then I can't read what I've written I'll read write notes obviously down and then I tend to type uh, straight into at the moment I'm using a program which I've started experimenting with called Scrivener so it it's like a, a it's a writing program where you can make projects you can do novels you can do all sorts of different types of writing mm. but it's just it's a, a just a slightly different format but previously like I just wrote in word but yeah I tend to write and I'm not the best I'm not the biggest of planners either like some people they have a a very detailed skeleton plan of what's happening, which chapter and everything. In fact, you know, it's almost like they've written the book in their plan. Whereas for me, I kind of think, right, do you know what? I'm going to write a story and it's about these people and hopefully this happens. And then I just wait and see what happens. <laughs> so you, <laughs> and I write you, you, don't, you don't know what's going to happen at the end of book two yet? Oh, no, I, I, get, I know where I want to be at the end. Okay. It's how I get there. So like I... I like to call it, this is my literary sat-nav, basically. So once I sit in the in the, the driving seat of my, my writing car, it's my characters who take me where they want to go. I put in my destination. I say, right, this is my ultimate end, my conclusion. How are we getting there? And then they kind of lead me. And I, I do have a very, when I say a plan, it's a really basic plan. Mm. And I try to be organized, but then I can go halfway through it and I'll end up with something totally different happening, which I really like. So then I'll go off on a tangent. So it's, it's, I, I do find that I let them do, and I get to maybe just towards the end of it. And then I'm like, okay, I could just waffle on for another 200,000 words of doing this. So I better just make a plan. now. <laughs> so yeah. I'll end up planning the last bit a bit more just uh, as I'm writing it. Right. So this is how many chapters I need to do. Yeah. And I want X, Y, and Z to happen in it. And then I attempt to, Okay, Finish so the, the, journey, the journey's uh, sort of mimicking real life, really, because you don't know what's going to happen, you know. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's just the way I've always been. Like, they, they, you have your planners and your pantsers. That's what they call people. And I, I would say I'm a planter because I do a lot of pantsing, but then I end up realising I need a tiny plan by the end of it, so I actually stop. <laughs> Amazing. And is the book written for the Asian audience or is it for everybody? No, it's not. It's written for everybody. I, I say everybody, but I would say it's written for everybody and Indian Indians who actually read it properly because they're the only part, sort of, the only readers who I find I've had issues with <laughs> because they forget that I'm writing from a British Asian perspective oh. and some of them quite younger readers they probably haven't seen the delhi that i'm talking about which was back in 2000 that's what i that's when the book is set it's not set now and there there's a lot of people who are, oh it's like this it's like that they, they 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 don't have that in delhi we have this and we don't have that and um why are they i was told i was i was dissing india this was a, a, a from one of them and when she read she's never been out of india herself and she's got cousins and but you know, who've come from abroad and said, but she didn't get the fact that we would react exactly the way I've written when you go to India as a, as an outsider, as a returning, because we've never lived there. We weren't born there. 
we're going to find it hot. We're going to find it quite dusty and dirty. We're going to find the fact that cows run around on the road or amble quite happily in the middle of the town centre. Pretty odd, because that's not what happens in Birmingham, let's be honest. Um, you know, uh, and the way we might react to sounds and smells and just the busyness of everything. It's written from the perspective of somebody who's gone from here or from any other country back home with, you know, your scant knowledge of your home country and you're experiencing, you're experiencing it as a tourist, really. They don't find, a lot of them have found that they don't get that. They just assume that because we're Indian, we should just automatically, as soon as we arrive back home, that it's back home for us. But home for me is always going to be England because that's where I was born and brought up. Sure. Do you think and, the book, um, you know, it talks about um, an unarranged marriage or, and the problems mm. and everything else around the story? Do you think that that can give advice to people, to young Asians maybe who were who um, uh, affected by those traditions and things that happen in those sort of families? Do you think your book could could help those people? I think at, what you find more at the moment is there's a lot of people who relate to it as in who've been mm. through it themselves. Yeah. Uh, where, like I said, that there is such a vast difference between the way people thought then and the way people think now as well. Even a 20-year difference, it's it's huge, the difference in families and what they what children are allowed to do now. I say allowed because obviously there was a huge amount of, uh, sort of restrictions on youngsters when we were younger mm. compared to now where when I, I look at like my cousin's kids and stuff and their Instagrams and I'm, I'm just like... There, there is literally no difference between them and their their you know British compatriots here. Their friends, they they're just living their life exactly as the rest of the the country's youngsters do. Whereas when we were younger, it was so much more. Right now, I'm on my Indian time, mm. and now I'm going to be my British person. You know, mm. so it's about a lot of for a lot of people. It's about relating to, and for the younger generation, it's probably more about wow, that's what you guys did. <laughs> that's what you had to go through yeah. really is that what it was like yeah and so it's like that um but like i said it's the, there's taboos and stigmas in so many places within the culture so like i said even the you know a failed marriage or a broken engagement that sort of a thing this there, there are still you know members of families who are going to find that something that's great to gossip about and they will taint somebody's sort of view of you if you were in that situation still to this day so it's it's a stigma that is maybe getting better to some extent but it's still there and it, it kind of leads on to the kind of the, the, the stigmas that i've talked about in the next the well, i will be talking about in the next two books as well right. okay now i've got a suggestion for you yes um, I've, I've had an idea yeah. i think this would make a brilliant netflix series do you know what I would, I would love it. A, a lot of people have said who've read it that they can see it playing like a movie. Well, there you go. I mean, I'd love it. Do you know what? If it could be the next Bend It Like Beckham, Gorinda Chudder, if you'd like <laughs> to read the book and take it on, I'm more than happy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. I, I okay. would love it, but yeah. you know, let's see, let's see if it happens. It's it's in it's in God's God's hands. Let's see what happens. Um, if it if it if it's meant to be, it will it will happen. I want one percent for suggesting it. Write <laughs> <laughs> it in the contract now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just sounds like it's that sort of thing. You know, we we watch quite a lot of Netflix series and what have you, and of course, most of them are made in America or whatever. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, 
uh, which is a shame to, to us, you know, but that's the way things are in the film industry, although more and more stuff's being made in the UK, which is really good yeah. news. But, um, you know, it just it's, it sounds in my head as a creative type of person, it sounds like, uh, you know, this story could develop and develop and develop and, you know, run and run as, as, a, as, a, as a series, if it could be screen written, which is different. Yeah, it's a different, yeah, different mm. way of writing. Who yeah. knows? Like I said, I mean, there, there is so much that could go through <laughs> the stories, that can the different couple stories and everything as, you know, there's different things, that, different hurdles that they have to overcome. Well, uh, the next time that we speak on human stories then I, I i want to be talking about the film oh i wouldn't that be wonderful <laughs> apart, from, that be apart wonderful? from when i come to you to sign the contract obviously so <laughs> <laughs> we do that live on air as well <laughs> yeah we probably could but uh but uh, i think that would be awesome but you know we need to you need to get the books written first i think and then yeah and then, yeah have, have something substantial in in yeah. place yeah Absolutely, so people can can have uh, the same idea that I had. <laughs> it, it, like I said, you know, from from your mouth, your mouth to God's ears is the way I put it, or from your mouth to a director's ears. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome. Okay, Ritu, thank you so much for talking to me. Really good information uh, and advice about um, how to write a book. Basically, is what you've described, and. Um, your book, Marriage Unarranged, is available with a few tweaks now, and presumably it's available on Amazon and everywhere else. So Yeah, it's, it's on Amazon uh, as a Kindle book, and obviously you can buy it as a paperback, and it should be rolled out onto other formats over the next uh, short while. They, they roll it out in one place first, and then they pull it out further and further. Okay, well, so, thanks yeah. again for talking to me, and uh, good luck with... Um, Book two and book three. And who, Thank kn- you very much. who knows? There might be a four and a five. You never, you never know. know. <laughs> and good luck, good luck with all those lovely children you look after as well. And uh, Thank you very much. Keep on being brave. Thank Thanks for talking to me. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll inspire or help others. Get in touch if you have a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to reach your own audience, or if you'd like training so you can do it yourself, I can help. Go to TonyLloydRadio.com. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.